Welcome into a special edition, a special post-SummerSlam edition of GKW. It's Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Nutchell. He's Brian Rhodes from ESPN West Palm. I'm from ESPN Milwaukee. And of course, from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, it is Jonathan Hood. Guys, I had a lot of fun tonight. That was a fun night of professional wrestling or sports entertainment. Because if you have a tractor involved, like, I, I don't know necessarily what to call that. Um, but it was a wild main event. And I guess let's just start there because that's what we just saw. The last match, last time, last man standing between Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Roman retains after Brock Lesnar used a tractor, a front loader, to dump Roman back into the ring, uh, then push the ring and then eventually tip the ring into about a 45-degree angle, uh, all for naught because he ends up getting buried underneath a bunch of rubble by the bloodline, and Roman Reigns retains in the main event of SummerSlam. Guys, we have seen a lot of stuff in professional wrestling. Have never seen that. I, I can tell you, you know, <laughs> this is not one of these things where we've seen all the time. Never seen a tractor being involved that way to tilt the ring the way it was. It was so brutal, it was so physical, and it gave us more than we expected. What do we want as wrestling fans? Something we've never seen before, and to be able to see something that was just spectacular. And that was a hell of a finish there, as ultimately Roman Reigns, as they say in the business, buried Brock Lesnar, <laughs> at least maybe for the time being. Yeah, it's funny. Like They did two tractor spots. The first one, he puts Roman in it, and then he dumps him into the ring. And it was very lackluster. Like, he was doing it. It's like, oh, what's going to happen here? And he just sort of falls in the ring. So, like, when he went back to the tractor, my immediate thought was, all right, guys, we get it. There's a tractor. We don't need to do this anymore. And then he lifted the damn ring. The ring got lifted. I was like, all right, a huge pop down here in South Florida. Like, bravo, Brock. Bravo, Triple H, I guess. Like, is that? do we already give him credit for everything? Like, that was a really fun main event for something that I think we all agreed wasn't really something we were looking forward to coming into the night. Well, so last Friday, was that part of the negotiations? Like, Brock decides to walk out, but hey, all right, I'll come back and I'll main event your paper, I'll main event your premium live event, but only if I can use Actor at my discretion. That's, that's right, right. I'll come back if I can bring my tractor up from Winnipeg or Saskatchewan or wherever he lives. That's exactly what happened, man. It was so great, though. And, and the question that we had coming into this is, We've seen Lesnar and Roman wrestle so often, and our, we were wondering, okay, yes, the stipulation is different. Yes, it's last man standing. But how can it be different than the other matches? Well, we found out tonight, didn't we? We found out how different it could be. We saw uh, Paul Heyman go through the table. We saw the Usos try to be able to help their guy. We actually saw Theory come out. Now, here's the thing about Theory. So Theory comes out, and I'm thinking, okay, you're going to cash in on Roman – how? How are you going to count the three right. count when it's not in a ring, right? Because if he's going to cash in, it has to be in the ring. It can't be in this oblong ring where the referee will be sliding out, right? One, two, oh, God. And he's like slips out. Like, that's a, how's that going to work? So that whole cash in thing with the ring being that way, I don't even know how that would have worked. But just the idea well, that theory has been asking for it for a while, and at least he put himself in the match. At that, at that point, you know, he's cashing in. It's a last man standing, so I'd assume it becomes a triple threat last man standing, much like when Seth Rollins cashed in at Mania. Because, 
but how do you do a triple threat last man standing? Both like the other two guys have to be down for a 10 count and you have to be the one stand. Who knows? Um, it certainly would have been interesting <laughs> had they actually just would go that way. It, it seemed like that was the way they were going to go over the entire time in terms of him faking, you know, coming down and done that a number of different times where somebody who has that briefcase comes down, gets interrupted, never technically cashes in. So they keep the briefcase, but it was, uh, I, I was not anticipating like when we reconvene next Thursday and a lot can happen between now and Thursday and we do your favorite match. Like, I mean, that's not a technical wrestling masterpiece, but it was my favorite match of the night. Like it was the one I had the most fun watching. But how much of that? I agree. Like that was a blast to watch. I was fun as a wrestling fan, but how much is that sort of like, we had such a low bar for it because it far exceeded expectations and it was fun but how much of it is like, all right, like we don't want to see this again. And also when we saw it three, four months ago, it was not good at Mania. Like this was really good as opposed to just, you know, three or four months ago. That, that's a great point, Brian, because I had expectations of Corbin and McAfee stealing the show. It got a little sloppy at times. Pat McAfee right. almost injured himself a couple of times. Um, so like my expectations for that and ended up being fine, right? Like it all worked out. Pat appeared to be fine at the end of the match. So, but my expectations were, oh, that could steal the show. And because it didn't, it, it probably ends up being a little bit more disappointing than it actually was. See, now all of a sudden you see this matchup and you say, okay, well, what's next for Roman? And that's what's next for Brock. A lot of this in SummerSlam for me guys was not just the matches, but to find out what's next. A lot of times in the McMahon era, it's like these isolated matches, but there's no extension to the story for, oh my God, I can't wait to see what happens Monday on Raw. It was the last time that we've said that as, right. you know, for the three of us to say, hey, here's the pay-per-view, here's the premium live event. Okay, so now what happens on Monday? Now what happens on Friday? What's the fallout from all of this, right? And so, because usually now under McMahon, here's the matches and then we just, you know, tear that program up and we're going on something else. There's an extension from what we saw tonight to what's going to happen on Monday, what's going to happen on Friday. I mean, I can't wait to see what Roman Reigns has to say and who's next for him. As he's beat Brock again, who's next for Roman? And so that match made me think, wow, if you beat Brock again, so what's going to be the new thing for Roman? Yeah, I think that's the thing where, like, I, for one, want to sort of pump the brakes. Like, I don't want to give Triple H credit on everything that we see, like, these last few weeks or these next few weeks, because some of it is just sort of like, hey, there aren't 20 million jump cuts on the pay-per-view. Like, I, for one, that might have been my favorite part of the night. Like, there were fewer jump cuts. It was more enjoyable to watch. But we've talked about it. This was essentially the end of the McMahon era. This was the last Vince show. They didn't really blow up the card. We didn't have Rollins versus Mystery Opponent. This was the end of Vince. So to your point, Jay Hood, Monday starts a new era, and yeah. it seems like everything's buttoned up to where it's like, all right, Roman's moving on. The Usos are moving on. Bianca's moving on. Like, we are starting a new era on Monday, and that is really exciting. And it's it's the subtle things, right? Because, I mean, there are still some big picture issues that I had yes. with. Like, I have no idea why we're showing a, a, a three-minute-long Kevin's pump-up video when Kevin Owens <laughs> isn't even on the card. Like, I, I, I don't know why we're, you know, like, I don't know why there are still so many advertisements on a on a premium live event. I'm, I'm already subscribing for like, like some of these things. Sure, certainly need to be taken care of, but it's it's the little things, right? And I know a lot of people on social media were talking about this. Jay Hood, I know you were pointing this out to us in the group chat we have for our show. In that, it's the way the announcers even talk, right? Like 
Oh, you know the name of the official who just screwed up there. Oh, it's, you know, you, you can actually say words like wrestling now in WWE. It's just kind of some of those little things that make it flow and seem more natural. Yeah, you could just tell that there was a new day in the WWE. And it, you could just start with commentary with Michael Cole. There was a GD that was dumped if yeah. you know, it's in the main event. I mean, because he got into it. It, it, felt, it felt like SmackDown 2002, the kind of language that I think Michael Cole was trying to get. We found out that the referee for the Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey match, Dan Engler, that was the name of the official there. Chad Patton was the Get together, official. Dan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Chad well, Patton I mean, was the official for Lesnar and, and for that matchup against uh, Roman Reigns. Remember, you couldn't say the official's name forever. <laughs> He never mentioned the referee's name, and now it felt natural. There's a little trivia to Cole as well, talking about the past and tying it to the present. That stuff that, that was not allowed before, it just sounded different today. It felt new and fresh. I mean, there I were mean, even little things like acknowledging that wrestling exists outside of the WWE world. Like with Jarrett saying, oh, this is the start of a busy weekend for him to, you know, because he's working the flare match tomorrow. Acknowledging something like that, like that's a big deal for someone that's paying attention. Well, you brought it up, Ryan. So do we want to talk about it now? The refereeing problem that exists within yeah. WWE. I mean, yeah. Double J's got to come in. They missed a low blow from Pat tonight. They're obviously the refereeing situation in the Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey match. Like, I, professional wrestling might be losing its credibility. I, the last thing I want is people going, hey, I think pro wrestling is rigged like the NBA. That's the last thing I want, guys. So, like, I, I, hopefully, like, Monday, Triple H comes out, addresses it, and yes. really – you know, make sure that everything lines up. I mean, this is certainly a concern coming up. I, I, I understand. This will be your frontline uh, thoughts, I'm sure, on ESPN Radio. Well, uh, should we have robot umps, robot uh, referees in pro wrestling? I'm sure that that'll be frontline news on ESPN.com. Hey, I mean, if anything, it was a way to let Liv retain the title. So you got that at least. The, it was sort of creative. I don't know if creative is the right word, but live one and you retain the title and it wasn't a clean finish over Ronda. So at least you got that going. And what, what I liked about that though, is it allows, like I, I don't buy Ronda as the smiling baby face that they kind yeah. of had her coming back as like, she's the baddest woman on the planet. That's what you call her. Like she's in there to kick your ass. Like it, it like that she, and she's going to do it with a damn smile on her face. Like she's just a natural heel for professional wrestling because she's so damn tough like in real life and has that background. So what, what I liked about what happened in that match, it, it extends the feud and I'm sure we'll see it at Clash of the Castle coming up in five weeks. But it also allowed Ronda, who was kind of already starting to get there on Friday last night on SmackDown, it allows her to be, to me, the more natural version of herself in WWE where she's like, screw this, I'm better than you. Everybody knows I'm better than you. And I'm going to kick everybody's ass here because I can't. Okay, so I've said many weeks on the show on Good Karma Wrestling that I don't get Liv Morgan. I don't understand why she's champion. I don't get it. Okay, so Rowitz, I will ride with you in this regard. We've already known that Ronda Rousey's a heel, but Vince okay. is. Vince didn't want that. He she he wanted the marketing dollars of Ronda Rousey. Told Rousey, smile, damn it, you're a baby face. God damn it, smile, right? All that. We all always know that she hates us. She hates right. us wrestling fans. It's been on social media. She hates us. She hates the idea that we go after her. She never got that kind of criticism in MMA. So she hates us. And so if she is going to turn, and I think she's turned a long time ago, but if she's going to officially turn, 
turn on someone who people like, and that's yep. Liv Morgan. They love the story of Liv Morgan being champion because she went through the NXT and, and WWE and she's been underneath for a long time. Now she's the champion and people are going to like her. So if you're, if you're going to have her turn heel, turn heel against Liv Morgan, somebody that uh, I think a lot of wrestling fans really enjoy. Well, and that idea is just such a, it, it just, it, it's an example of Vince kind of contradicting himself a little bit. Cause I hundred percent agree, Jay Hood. Like he clearly wants, okay, I want the marketing dollars your baby patient more marketable. Yeah. yeah. But like NWO, like, I mean, you went against NWO, you still try to, but obviously there were heels. Like you're telling me Becky Lynch over this last year hasn't been marketable for the WWE. She has been a heel since she came back last SummerSlam against Bianca Belair. You look over at AEW and you see some of the marketable guys there that are still heels like Adam Cole. Like, I mean, it, it, it's 2022. Like you don't have to be the smiling baby face in order to have marketing dollars and, and money and people want to buy your merch. Like to me, if, if Ronda Rousey is this badass version of herself, that to me makes her more marketable than the fan base. Well, not just that. Also, like in 2022, the way sort of kayfabe is, Ronda can be a heel and still go on SportsCenter and do those interviews and still do those promotional hits where, you know, that's what you want her. Like, you don't, I think Vince was sort of stuck in like, oh, well, you know, can't have the Sheik doing that. You can't have, you know, the heel Sergeant Slaughter on SportsCenter talking about things like that. Like, Ronda can do that in 2022. But who's the first person they always throw out there on the, on the talk shows, on SportsCenter, late night shows? It's their biggest heel that they have. Right. It's, it's the one heel that they had that could turn Logan Paul into a baby face. It right. was the man. Exactly. So, well, yeah, so, like, I don't get why they don't lean into Jay Hood's point. Like, she's admitted she doesn't like wrestling fans. She's, you know, spoken out against them. Lean into that. Like, it's already written for you. And she's someone that's come off very uncomfortable on the mic. Like, she doesn't seem very natural. Here's a real feeling. You don't have to craft a storyline saying, hey, you hate wrestling fans. Go out there, talk about how much you hate wrestling fans. And there's your character. Um, Capital on Twitch. And by the way, we're on Twitch for this special yep. broadcast, twitch.tv forward slash EFN without Chicago. We thank you for checking in with this special Twitch cast as well. Uh, the Cap says, he says, uh, personally, not a, a Liv Morgan fan, but she does put in her work. Uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, she's wrestled underneath for a long time. And if you want to go with her, go with her. But I think that yeah, I think that there might be some kind of suspension or whatever, or a yeah. big fine is going to happen to Ronda Rousey, and there'll be a return. The way the match was, it was a little screwy, obviously, and it wasn't going to be pretty because it is Ronda Rousey, right? And so she had the majority of that match. Liv was trying to fight out of it. She taps while the count's taking place. So they'll have a rematch on, at some point. But Rousey has, has turned in a way where she's mad. She's going after the official. So I think this will be fine. This will do more for Liv, I think, than Ronda Rousey, quite frankly. Well, yeah, I hope so. But, I mean, you can't hide the fact that, like, that was probably the worst match of the night. And there were two matches that involved celebrities. Like, that was not a good wrestling match. But, yes, hopefully it progresses Liv. It gives her something as opposed to she's happy and now she's the champion. Like, you need something else in that character. So, uh, Gabe, did, Gabe, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, Gabe. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, well, you brought up the two celebrities. How would you grade them? How would you grade How would you grow? We saw both these guys. At WrestleMania, now they make their return for SummerSlam. I, I, we, I think at this point we already know what to expect out of Pat McAfee. You know, he he had the two matches in NXT, showed up, wrestled well against Theory at Mania. I think we know what to expect of Pat McAfee, and I think he's going to put together a solid performance. 
Uh, I would say tonight was worse than he was at Mania. Just a couple of slip-ups, a couple of things that weren't, you know, natural. But it's, but yeah, I'm willing to look past it. Like I think of when he jumped off the top rope and you summer, you know, you somersault through. The landing wasn't super clean. But we're not doing it all the time. It's not always going to be super clean. Like the, the, the couple of times I got worried about when he did the swanton off the top rope, that was an awkward landing. When he tried to do the move that finished it, which I think was some sort of modified Panama Sunrise. Um, yeah. That was real ugly. And he was that close to like getting his, his head just on the mat. And it ended up working out. So there were a couple of things clean there. But I was really impressed with Logan Paul as well. Hey, you know what? How about this? Watch this, bro. It's, you know what happened, Gabe, in that matchup? Pat McAfee wrestled like a color analyst for SmackDown. <laughs> you get it? Like, that's not supposed to look smooth, right? right. That's supposed to look smooth. His ass should be in there every week. He wrestled like a daily talk show host on Sirius XM. <laughs> so, so if I'm in the back and you ask me, like, how come that match, what, how come he wasn't smooth? He already, he's a part-time wrestler, and he's just and he's supposed to be in a brawl with with Corbin. It's not supposed to look great. It's it's like the match with the Miz. That thing's supposed to look great. Is it supposed to look hundred percent? No, he's not a full-time wrestler, Logan Paul. But but for McAfee, I can make the case that hey, you know what? It wasn't going to be great because it's McAfee, and he's just trying to fight him. And you know what? I think it was a fun match. Uh, I just know one thing: people love McAfee. They oh, love him. I mean, I mean, he's he's come across for a long time because he is just the everyman. He's got a talk show in which he can speak his mind the way he wants to speak his mind. He gets on the mic, he's on SmackDown, and when McMahon was there, he didn't even produce McAfee. He was just being himself, right? Which is amazing, right? He gets just going out. You gonna say douchebag and bum ass Corbin on Fox? No problem, man. Do you just do you? So I think people would really enjoy him. I thought it was a good build and a good finish. It, it, it's never going to be five stars. It's Pat McAfee. So I thought it was, I thought it was fine for what it was. Yeah, I, I think you look at McAfee, he's one of the most over faces in the company right now. But both celebrities delivered. Like, both of them didn't really have opportunities to hide. These weren't tag matches where you just throw them out there and I'd say, hey, Logan Paul, stand in this, you know, the apron for a little bit, and then you can hit the frog splash for the table. Both these guys delivered. Like, it was impressive seeing them in the ring. They both proved they can go. And from a McAfee standpoint, the thing I was interested in Gabe, you talk about the guys he's worked with. Those are guys that can carry him. Like an Adam Cole, I think Theory also. Like those are guys that can carry him. Corbin's not exactly in that boat, and the match still delivered to me. So I was very impressed by both those guys tonight. See, it's funny you say that, and and, and I'm not going to say that Corbin is as good as Adam Cole because he's not. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's as good as Theory, but I think Baron Corbin in the ring is underrated. Like I just okay. feel like he hasn't been given a huge opportunity a lot of times with some of the storyline, the characters, especially recently, the stuff that he was doing with Madcap. And um, I think we've started to see Madcap's a pretty damn good wrestler too when he's been given this opportunity and they finally took the suspenders off of him on SmackDown. Um, but I, I think Corbin's a little bit underrated and, and I was impressed with him tonight as well. Um, and, and I mean, Miz has been an underrated wrestler for quite some time, yeah. you know, like, and, and, you know, it was a great match for a great spot for Logan Paul to be in. That being said, holy hell, that frog splash. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was something else. Uh-huh. Like there's, there's obvious some athleticism with Logan Paul that makes him very attractive as an in-ring wrestler. Yeah. You know, so I got to give Logan Paul a lot of credit. 
whether or not he should be a babyface or heel, I think we all know the answer to that. But it, to me, it's about the in-ring work. And the cynical part of me says that, boy, get a, an athletic guy in there or a woman in there and um, train him a little bit. All of a sudden, they can put on a five-star match. I mean, so we didn't think much of Logan Paul and Miz. We didn't really break it down a lot, this whole rivalry, because it's kind of ha-ha on Raw. It's so to the side. But you put it in the ring, and it delivered. It delivered. And, and, and so – I really think that both did a great job. You're right, Gabe. That splash that he did, the Shane McMahon spot or the Shawn Michaels spot, whatever you want to call it, right? For him to dive on the table and, and nail the Miz was fantastic. was fantastic. I just thought that that was great. Um, and, and so, oh, by the way, so um, that Polaroid finish for the Miz, that would have been the shits, huh? He, remember he had to like the little card? What was he going to do with that? Like cut his throat? Like split his head open? Like what was the finish there? If I grab this, this little card, this little Polaroid, I'm going to beat Logan Paul. You will? It's worth a lot of money. It you know, he would have submitted before he used it or poured water on it. I don't know. You got to think outside the box. We saw a tractor flip a ring tonight. Come on. You got to think outside the box tonight. Pol- Polaroid finish. I would have loved to see what that looked like. I My will. God. I will. I will also say this about Logan Paul, because the worry when somebody from the outside comes inside, the worry as a wrestling fan is, do you love it? Are you willing to do what it takes to be a professional wrestler if you put in these situations? And I think of what Bad Bunny did last year at WrestleMania that was wildly entertaining, what Logan Paul has done. But look, I, I, I don't know enough about Logan Paul at this point to know if he's a pro wrestling fan. But I know, I mean, somebody pointed out the work that Liv Morgan has done, like, in the short time that we've seen Logan Paul, to me, he's done the work. I think of when the, the brief moment that Rob Gronkowski was a WWE superstar and the story of, because that was, you know, the, the Thunderdome WrestleMania of him jumping off that balcony onto other wrestlers for the 24-7 title and how he was scared to do it and how Vince is like, no, this is not a big deal. Here's how you do it. And he did it. Like a 77-year-old man just did it. And Gronk was scared to do that. And Logan Paul just decided to go top rope, announcer table, frog splash tonight. Like that's that's putting in sacrifice and that's putting in the work to me. And that's that 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 right there is what me, makes me think, yes, this can work for the WWE going forward with Logan Paul. So for the Broets and uh, of the world, Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny, do it, cowards. Do yeah, it. there you go. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, I think it's the little stuff. Like, I think the guys and girls that are outside the wrestling world that show up for these moments, those pop culture moments, that care, like, we see that translated. We saw that a lot with Bad Bunny. I think it was Damian Priest would talk about it, saying this guy was busting his ass, like, getting ready for this. He was out there, you know, training, working hard, and it shows. Like, they're not showing that this is easy, but if you put in that little bit of work, we saw it with Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. Like, those little things, like, it goes a long way. And I feel like everyone benefits. WWE gets the benefit of like, hey, we're talked about on TMZ or we're talked about on the Today Show or whatever the case may be. And wrestling fans get to say, all right, you know what? That was entertaining. I thought it was going to take a long time to top using the prop like a giant mousetrap to win (laughs) an event. And here we are, like, less than six months later, tractor tipping a ring. Like, we've already, like, WWE found a way to top it. Unbelievable. We also had a lot of uh, surprise returns tonight. I guess surprise returns because Edge, I think they kind of telegraphed it, not just with the promo that they showed in the pre-show. If you happen to miss that, they they kind of ran back some of the similar promos that they've been running uh, since Money in the Bank, teasing somebody's return. Everybody was 
some were hoping it could have been Bray Wyatt. It was very obviously Edge, and the the one they showed on the pre-show tonight ended with "I'll be there tonight." Was like the message that was okay. So he's going, whoever it is, is going to be there. And they also kind of telegraphed that Edge was going to show up because, well, they made the match that he showed up in a no disqualification match. So <laughs> Edge shows up um, and ends up assisting the Mysterios to take down the faction that he built the Judgment Day. Your thoughts on the return? of the rated R superstar. Well, as you guys know, I'm a huge Edge fan. So anytime I see Edge on my TV, I'm happy. Um, I just like Edge coming back with his Michael Jackson from Thriller jacket uh, <laughs> that he was wearing out there uh, for the for the matchup. He comes out there and, and he cleans house and there's retribution there. And so I just like to see him out there. But Judgment Day and Mysterious, I think it was fine. Um, just kind of watching uh, the the matchup, I think it was just fine. You know, people are waiting for this turn with the Mysterios, and as I told Bro, it's like I don't know why people are looking forward to this because again, right. Ray Sun's still green. That guy needs to be in NXT. Sorry, I mean, just because he has a rub from his father doesn't mean that he belongs. I mean, I think he's learning by doing these these uh, live events and being on television. But as far as uh, the turn, if he goes with Judgment Day. That still will be underwhelming to me um, because I think he still needs to learn how to work. But it's just good to see Edge there. And so I don't know if this feud continues, but I thought it was cool for what it was. Yeah, I mean, my only issue with the Edge thing is just, like, the storytelling. And maybe they end up tying up the loose ends. But, like, I feel like you cut the legs out from Judgment Day that Edge is just taking them all out by himself. And also, like, why is he such an over baby face now? Like, the last time we saw him, he's, you know, crapping on the fans and hates the fans and this and that. And then Finn turns on him, so now we feel bad for him. Like, that's the only thing. But, yeah, the telegraphing was very weird. I'm not someone that often works w- watches the pre-show. I just happen to flip it on. And then it says, hey, coming tonight. It's like, oh, okay, so this won't be a surprise. Like, cool. But that's my only issue there is I felt there's some storyline issues. But hopefully we get that tied up this week. <laughs> the, the loneliest pre-game show ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, five minutes beforehand, there's, like, Lawler and Booker T., and there's no fans behind them. They were in the back, a couple of trailers. Like, where did you put this pre-show? There was no place in the side of the stadium. You had a seven-mile walkway. You right. could spare a little space for them to actually give it some atmosphere. Because the atmosphere was cool tonight. And it's yeah. like, wait, where... Where are they doing this show? What is going on right now? You can see the garbage cans in the back. Guys, like they're like hosing down the back. How, how's it going, Arnold? Ah, long night tonight. Like what the? I mean, Jerry Lawler was so bored. I don't know if he yes. knows the storylines or not. But he's just sitting there with his sad little crown there, and he's just like, you know, I used to sell out Nashville when I was in the business back in the day, and like he's just sitting there, and I'm just like, this is so boring. This is the reason why. This is why usually we're doing this live live show tonight, but the three of us usually are fast forwarding through a lot of this to get to yep. match after match after match. We had to sit through a lot of this tonight, man. That's not what we usually do. Yeah, I mean, no, there was a not. lot of fluff tonight. Like Gabe, you mentioned the commercials. You had the oh. long entrance ramp. You had the video packages. Like this show could have been an hour shorter. I feel like they, they for I don't know why, but before the U.S. title match featuring Theory and um, and, and Bobby Lashley, Bob they decided Lashley, yeah. to show the package for the main events. Like, why are you showing this now? Like, you've already got me. I'm here. This is this is like, and and maybe this is just a me thing, being a PJ Tour golf fan. 
like when the PGA Tour, when I'm watching events and they're advertising for the PGA Tour, like, no, don't, what are you doing? Like, I'm already here. You don't need to advertise at me. I'm, I'm, I'm already watching your product. I just, just give yes. me that 30 seconds back and show me some golf shots, man. Like, give me that three minutes back of the Kevin Owens package that you decided to show tonight. And, you know, show me more tractors tipping over rings. And then I mean, meanwhile, I don't remember if it was Meltzer or Brian Alvarez. They said they had to take time away from the Ronda Morgan match because Miz and Logan Paul went long. Like, how does that add up? Like, you have a bunch of other things you can take time away from as opposed to actual in-ring action. I, I just, I don't get it, man. I still understand it. Well, uh, we got to get to the tag team matchup, page two on the notes. Uh, <laughs> well, wait, before Ford. the tag team, yeah. I mean, Gabe, you talk about returns. What about the yeah. start of the night returns? You had three sort of returns right, right there. Bailey, so Dakota Kai, have... and Io Shirai. Yeah, so, and, and they called her Io Sky as well, so I don't know if she's, we're going to see uh, an in there. That. Yeah, um, I think Graves kind of snuck that in. So maybe she keeps her name, but I mean, it, this is huge. Um, I, I think, like, it's, it, it signals something big under, you know, the, the Triple H banner, him running creative. I mean, Bailey was going to eventually return. You know, she was just coming back from an ACL. Dakota Kai being somebody who was released from NXT and she had kind of signaled that she didn't want to renew her contract. So they released her from NXT three, four, five months ago, whatever that was. And same thing with Io Shirai in that it, it seemed like she was going to go to stardom. Like she was going to go back to Japan and she was going to wrestle over there um, unless she got the main roster call up and the all female faction. Yeah. Sign me up for this, man. Like if triple H, not only did he sign these two wrestlers that one was who was already gone, one who may have had a foot out the door, like to convince them to stick around is a huge thing, I think, for WWE. In addition, like, hey, yeah, we're open to factions again, because that's something over the last, we've had a couple here and there. They haven't had a ton of success. Look at the judgment day tonight. Um, but I, it, it just made me excited, like thinking, okay, yes, this is indeed a new era. It was in a great way to me to start off the first Triple H pay-per-view. Well, let's talk about what, what led into that because that was Becky Lynch against uh, Bianca Belair. I kind of thought that there was going to be a title change that Becky uh, would be able to strike twice at SummerSlam and win. Uh, she did not. As a matter of fact, bro, what she said, there was no title changes that took yeah. place tonight, right? Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So so I, I thought, I don't know about you guys, I thought that the that Becky was aggressive. She's the heel in this situation, so she called a lot of the, the spots. I just thought there's a little something off here. I didn't think that – I don't know what I expected. I expected better than what I saw in this matchup. There's nothing against Bianca, but I just thought that there was some hesitation there. I didn't think that it was as smooth as I thought it would be. I understand what the match is before he even gets in the ring. It's Becky, you know, being the heel and being aggressive versus the power of Bianca. I always got to watch Bianca Belair and realize that, man, she hasn't been in wrestling all, for a, a long time. So there's always going to be some kinks there. Every now and then there's going to be some things where it's not necessarily smooth. A lot of it's power. So I didn't think it was a, a, a great match. I think it's just okay. But I think afterwards I was wondering if there was going to be a switch there because when we see Io, Dakota, and Bailey come out, I'm thinking, yeah, she's standing next to Bianca, but what's going to happen here? And there's where we are. Anticipation, right? Is she, going to, is she part of the fourth person along with Becky in this group? Or is she going to stand with Bianca? And it's for now, Becky's standing with Bianca. I love that. And just, and we talk about something new and fresh, right? It was great to see Bailey out there. But, and so she gets the biggest pop. And there's Dakota Kai, and that's a medium pop. 
And then people are like, uh, IO, NXT? IO? And then just the idea that all three of them were standing together, that looked badass. And so now we talk about anticipation, right? Monday, Friday, whenever we see them, it's like, wow, there's, you just put three heels on one show in one night. Pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. Like, all that was awesome. To your point about the pops, it's a little thing, but I feel like literally reversing the order of them coming out changes the pops. Because Bailey being the first one, you're taking the legs out of everyone after that. Like, Bailey is the name that everyone knows. But if you start with EO and then you go to Dakota and then it's Bailey, like, it's just the build up that way, as opposed to starting up here and then going down, going down. But yeah, I think it's awesome to have them. I guess Dakota Kai, the first signing of the Triple H era, because she was a free agent. So. She's back. I guess EO is still technically part of the roster. So bravo on him bringing someone like her back. Yeah, where she gets the promotion from NXT. Um, again, getting promoted up to the main roster. It's To me, it, it, Dakota Kai coming back, and I know we talked about it a little bit with uh, Johnny Gargano, and even before everything like this happened, um, when we had him right here on JT, GKW, the way he talked about Triple H, the way he talked about HBK, like it, it, it seemed like he was kind of leaning towards coming back to WWE. And to me, this just continues to open up the door that people that may have been released in the company from the past, it's a new day. And, you know, they may be looking at some things and maybe looking at some of the people that they've released because they've released a lot of really good wrestlers over the course <laughs> of the last 12 to 18 months that if they're looking for stars, they're looking for pops, they're looking for something a little different. I don't think they have to look all that far. I, I, I forgot who tweeted it. I retweeted it at B. Rhodes on Twitter. Like, credit to them for creating a new niche where basically they release people, you re-sign them a few months later, and then you get the benefit of the big return pop. So good on them for creating that atmosphere, at least. Yeah, no, that, no, you, that's a great point. I mean, because I, I think that there's going to be a lot of um, unwriting some wrongs. Sure. I think of the part of Triple H where he's like – yeah, I don't know if I would release that guy. I don't know if I would release her. I don't know if I would release Road Dog or some of my guys at NXT. I think as we move forward here over the next 12 months, we'll start to see some of the things that Vince did. Um, and I think that Triple H was like, no, actually, I want these people on my roster because I know they can work or they can help us in the back. So um, I, I really thought, though, by the way, just to put a bow on that matchup, I really thought that we're going to see kind of what we saw from Cody and Seth in which Becky looks over at Bianca and says, oh, no, I respect you. I respect you. You know, you beat me. They got the, they had the embrace and the hug. And I really thought that Becky was going to lay the lumber on Bianca. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And so well, I, it's interesting. Well, you talk about, yeah, and, and I know the comment that's down there is Becky a face. The, the, the one thing I wondered going into this match was, okay, it probably makes the most sense for Bianca to continue to build her, to have her go over Becky with that real match, something they've been building for for a year since last year, and Becky made the surprise return one in 16 seconds or whatever it was. But then my thought was, well, if Becky doesn't win this, what's next for big-time Becky Lynch? And big-time Becky Lynch as a, as a face, I guess that's what's going to be next for, for Becky Lynch. Because I, I just feel that – I thought, especially once Bailey returns, I'm seeing these new things coming out. I'm going, okay, Becky, maybe she's got an injury. Maybe they just give her a little bit of time off to kind of refresh. Um, you know, she does still have a relatively young child at home that I'm sure she'd like to spend maybe a little bit more time with. And I just figured that she'd, okay, she'll take some time off. You know, that way she'll get the pop when she returns and have some sort of new character and reinvent herself the way she's done a couple of times over the last three, four years. And it looks like she's sticking around because she 
jumped right back in action. And maybe now she just, she does turn face after she gave the respect to her opponent and Bianca Belair tonight. Well, I'll throw out the fantasy booking then. You had that stare down. It was three on two. You need to even up the score. Candice LeRae, welcome back. And now we got three on three. Well, looks like that's likely because for those of our, our new listeners and viewers, we had Johnny Gargano on Good Karma Wrestling. Go to the archives and look for wherever you get your podcast. Look for Good Karma Wrestling. The three of us talked to Johnny Gargano, and it, he leaned returning yeah. to the WWE. Like, like He says, I've never been in a WrestleMania. He liked to do that. He mentioned a number of wrestlers, AEW and WWE, he liked to face. And so he's just chilling right now. When that surprised me to see him on the main roster of the WWE, uh, he's a great, you know, he's a very, very good worker. He was a main event of a lot of those NXT shows under Triple H's watch. So it wouldn't surprise me. And if that means, if there's going to be Johnny, that means Candice will be, won't be far behind. Yep. So we have the big returns, and I know you wanted to talk about it tonight, Jay Hood, because what tonight did is it did build that anticipation for what's next. You wonder what's next for Roman, although I mean, he does have an opponent for Clash for the Castle. What are they going to do to build that story as Drew McIntyre came out and <laughs> gave some random promo tonight while holding a sword? Because that's what hey, he brother, does now. That's a SummerSlam payday, brother. He did that's a right. promo. That's a payday. Hey, shout out to Colt, the kid, Colt. Colt, the big yeah. Colt, Colt, Colt. Well, I mean – Pat McAfee is number one. Colt is right. number two of in course. terms of most over for tonight. So, you know, big, big shout out to Colt. Congrats to right. him. Um, but the, the tag team match, it's got you wondering what's next for both. Like, okay, they, they, they just ended. I think that ends the rivalry between these two, the Street Profits and the Usos for now. So who's next? What's, what's next for the Usos? But also, in Montez Ford was aggressive tonight like he came out aggressive and we've been talking about it for a while is this team going to break up when are they going to break up and this may have been the first time they've actually teased at it where i thought montez was so pissed off that dawkins got pinned and had that look in his face as they were left in the ring i thought it was going to happen tonight like the 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 champs the, the guys who were standing tall were walking up the ramp while the losers were still in the ring and that look on Ford's face, I thought they were going to turn. Instead, they turned to another commercial and they cut away from the action. Uh, but I, I thought I thought it was going to happen tonight. Obviously, it didn't. But it was the first time I think they've actually hinted that the street profits could potentially break up. I think it's funny that we continue to hear from the commentary about how awesome and how terrific Dawkins has looked. Dawkins has looked great. Dawkins has looked good. But at the same time, they, they, and they plan to see more than ever tonight on SummerSlam. Boy, the aggressiveness of Montez Ford. He's not happy. He's intense, all this, right? What have I been telling you guys? Somebody's got to be Shawn Michaels. Somebody's going to be Marty Jannetty. Somebody's got to be Bret Hart. And someone's got to be Jim Jim Neidhart. Someone has got to be Ricky Morton. And the other one's got to be Robert Gibson. Montez Ford was so pissed off. I thought there was going to be a turn right there, which have been tremendous, right? But if nothing else, they plan to see. And, but, but here's the thing. So I imagine, I would imagine that we'll never see this match again. I mean, we, they've had some great matches. And quite frankly, this is the less of those matches that we've seen. Yeah. We've seen good SmackDown matches. We've seen previous pay-per-view matches between these two, between these, uh, these two tag teams. This was less of them. I think it was good, but we've seen better. And so it, it was almost like Montez was going to go after the official, going after um, Jeff Jarrett. And you knew Dawkins was going to take the pinfall. 
And so what happens after that? I can't wait to see what happens. But I just know that they, those four have had some great matches. This was just okay. Well, I, I agree with that. To Gabe's point about the seeds and everything, tonight's the first time when thinking about that breakup that I thought it would be Montez as the heel. Like, I thought that was the route they were sort of building towards, with him almost costing them by arguing with Jared. Because Coley even pointed out, like, I don't know what his argument is. Like, it was clearly a two-county. It's nothing to be upset about. I always thought it would go the other way, where Montez is the face, and, you know, you feel bad for him that Dawkins turns on him. But tonight sort of felt like it might go the other way. I don't, yeah, want to I, see mean, Dawk- I don't want to see Dawkins with some title run. I don't want to see no, no. that. Montez-, Montez is still the star, but he does it yeah. at a heel. I mean, it would oh, sure. be the same thing. It'd be the same thing they did with Seth Rollins and the Shield. You know, Seth right. ended up being the one who turned, and and he ended up getting the push as the heel. Now, the Shield obviously being the exception, right? Like right. there were three of them. All three of them ended up being superstars in WWE, and and obviously Mox now the interim world champion over in AEW as well. But um, yeah, I just my my guess is it ends up happening on Monday. But if they, and, and again, to, to reiterate the new day on commentary, like they had mentioned like, oh yeah. And there, there've been rumors about these guys potentially breaking <laughs> up. You know, that's going to be ticking them off. Like they're, they're hinting, like they're, they're playing into wrestling fans hands. Like, whoa, whoa, did he actually say that? Did Michael Cole <laughs> say that he actually like heard a rumor on a dirt sheet? Is that what just happened here? This this is this is about to be some AEW commentary now without Vince being in there. <laughs> this is already off the rails, right? This this is already off the rails. You just, I mean, there, there is the new day talking about IWGP and, and Ring of Honor on SmackDown TV. I'm like, what? What? Like, like it, this is already off the rails. But you know, I I look forward to seeing you know how these two are going to split up Montez Ford and Dawkins, and then see Ford going on his run, uh, and because. Yeah. We've already seen him. 20 pounds of muscle. This guy is intense. And I think that's going to be fun to see um, because it's something new. You know, as someone who's a tag team, Mark, I look for – I want to know what happens with the Usos. Roman Reigns and the Usos are having these just, like, unbelievable runs. Like, you can't get the titles off the Usos. You can't get it off of Roman Reigns. We're are seeing you, historic runs for both of them. Are you guys over it, though? Are you guys over the bloodline, or do you still want to see more? No, it's still strong. You know where it comes from, bro. It it, bec- it becomes the power of the promo, right? But yeah. it's, it's Ro- Roman's up there, and he's talking about God mode, and like nobody can get over. All right, great. But then it's the same thing with the Usos. The, the tag team division is not as strong as I'd like, but um, but at the same time, the Usos when they're in there, they're giving you excellent matches. There, there are no bad matches with the Usos. So maybe in this post McMahon era, we'll see better tag teams. And maybe sure. we'll see something between now and WrestleMania in which there's a real contender that you feel like, okay, if it's not Brock, then maybe this person can knock off Roman uh, at WrestleMania. Well, that's the thing. Like, that hope is the one thing keeping me interested in them as champions. Like, who is ultimately going to beat them to get that bump, to get that, oh, my God, they beat the Usos or they beat Roman. It looks like it's going to be Drew for Roman, which, like, I don't love. Like, you know, yes, Drew has worked hard and he deserves a title run with fans. I don't know if he's the guy, but from the tag team standpoint, there is no other tag team right now. Like, there's a reason we see the Usos and the Street Profits in the ring together, what feels like every single week on every single show. Like, there's no one else out there right now. So, until they build someone else up, like, they need to keep those belts. 
it's easy. It's easy to me for the tag team. I like, I, I don't know who ends up ending the Roman Reigns, you know, run that he's on, but I think it's the New Day. Like, especially if Big E comes back and Big E's able to wrestle, to me, it's the New Day. Because that has been the where, where Brock and Roman, and, and they said this tonight, has been the rivalry of the last decade in the WWE. The rivalry of the last decade in tag team wrestling yeah. in WWE has been New Day and Usos. So I think to me, it's New Day, especially you can give that pop to Big E if he's able to return from his neck injury. I, I would like to see something new besides the New Day. Remember, they had the championships for about a billion years as well. Yeah. Uh, and multiple time champion. But again, under Triple H, I know that there's going to be new tag teams put together. I mean, who, who knows? But I, I like – you ask me, do I like the Bloodline story? Yes, I do. I like it until something comes along that's better. And because of the stagnant booking from Vince, we never saw that next thing come along. I think between now and next April, we'll start seeing new and fresh in this company. So I like that. And by the way, um, couldn't have, this could have all happened with just a regular referee. I like what? the I, uh, well, I like the idea that Jeff's there just in case something weird would happen. But he just kind of went two three and left and is on the, on his way to go across the street to take on Ric Flair. I mean that I mean this could happen with just a regular ref because there was no shenanigans really. Just Zero. showed up, no sleeves. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> I, I work out. I'm still Jack. Just in case you guys were wondering, I don't have the sleeves on. I look yeah. good. Now you know it too. And then yeah, there was just. No, the whole special guest referee thing, it, 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 that whole stipulation was so weird for this because it ended up being double J and then nothing happened. It's, right. it's probably quite possibly one of the most underwhelming special guest referee spots I've ever seen. All right. It was just kind of the thing where, <laughs> what did I say? I said, well, you got a referee uh, shorter than the other, the, the four competitors. Right. It's like, <laughs> what, 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 I mean, what's he going to do, right? I mean, it went over like a fart in church when they made the announcement, right? We got a, yeah. you know, you know, Pierce's Adam Pierce is like, we got a special guest referee, and they show the video of like Jeff Jarrett. I'm like, you mean the guy that lost to China? Uh, you, you mean that, you know, that guy, the the guy? And uh, by the way, it's not. I didn't see this. I don't know if you saw this. As soon as the match started, there was this this kid with a sign going across right in the hard camera. Never drew a dime. Just went right across. Never drew a dime, and that was directed at Jarrett because that's the thing. Never drew a dime, and he just kind of walked right across. If you guys didn't see that, go re- rewind it. At the beginning of that tag team match, never drew a dime sign and just kept walking. So, it great. Was, I mean, the reason he was there was some sort of Nashville angle, right? Then why didn't you just yeah. save him to get a pop when he came out, you know, and here's the special guest referee. It, it, the whole thing didn't make sense. But the match itself, yeah. Um, the match itself, I'm with you. And it, it was, to kind of go back to Brian's earlier point, it suffered from past expectations because we right. know the potential that these two teams uh, have in the ring, especially together. But at the end of the night, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens going forward with both teams. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what hooks you, right? Like that's what gets you that next story, the never ending nature of professional wrestling. It's, it seemed like it's been a while since we've had that. And that's what makes me excited. The last premium live events that we've talked about, and we didn't have pop-up shows for them like we are tonight, but when we would talk about them on a regular thir- show on Thursdays, you know, we're talking about WrestleMania backlash where it's like, well, it's a house show. You know, I mean, it was a fun night of wrestling. It was, it was good. It was fun to watch it. We knew the wrestling action in the ring was going to be good, but ultimately didn't mean anything. Tonight it did. Tonight, it meant something going forward for WWE, and that's what makes me excited 
to see what happens for the first time in a while on Monday night and Friday night and, and just see where WWE goes to build for the next pay-per-view for Clash for the Castle. Yeah, so, I completely um, agree with that. Like, I honestly, like, starting with the Bailey thing, and, like, that was a good first match also with Bianca and Becky that you're looking forward to. I felt different the rest of the night. Like, I was on the edge of my seat, like, all right, what else is going to happen? And Triple H tweeted, like, hey, the night's just starting. So that sort of adds to it. But, like, it didn't feel like just going through the motions. And it ended with a fun night, with a fun main event. Like, tonight did feel different. Um, So, Logan, let's see. Theory is 0-8 since... Uh, becoming money in the bank. So, so and by the way, Lashley against Theory. Did I not see that on Raw? That that was a Raw match. What yes. did that? I mean, and and once again, it's like the old. Well, Theory tapped out quickly because well, he's got to rest himself for money. I was like, dude, don't waste my time then, right? I mean, this is just a. I saw a match. I saw a Raw match on SmackDown on uh, on SummerSlam. It's like, what's what's the point of that, right? If you're not going to work hard or make me believe you're going to win the U.S. title, that's why I said last week, I said, why is Theory in this match if ultimately he just wants to be the heavyweight champion? Like, what's the point of him being out there against Lashley? It just makes Lashley look even stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess we know what's next for Theory is he's going to just kind of continue to chase Roman. We know he's chasing Roman at this point, and and he'll always be that that guy in the shadows and I'm sure he'll be incorporated with whatever story they tell with Drew McIntyre as well getting ready for Clash of the Castle. I don't know what's next for Bobby. I, I assume that Bobby at some point would be somebody to challenge Roman Reigns. Um but if he's US champ, right. probably not. I I don't know. I, I I'll I'll give him this much credit guys. I mean you talk about a guy's never taken a half step. I mean his first WWE run Going to TNA to Impact Wrestling, coming back to WWE, the guy's ageless. That that is for sure. Like he oh. he doesn't look any different than we saw before. As far as you thinking, well, man, he he he's not the same guy. He's lost a step. He's as strong, he's as aggressive as he's ever been. I don't know what's ne- the next step for him, but at least he's got a championship and believable. And the fans enjoy him. Every time he moves his hands, the fans move their hands too. They really like him a lot. I mean, I'm basing this off the past decade of watching WWE, but, like, as a mid-card champion, like, more than likely, like, it feels like he's just going to fall back into the shadows. Like, we don't see the IC title on SummerSlam. Like, it feels like that's the route he's going to go, but hopefully that changes over the next few months. But, I mean, Triple H is a former IC champ. Do you think he yeah. tries to start to elevate that? You know, it's as well, I, we have to wait and see. Like, that's one of those things that I think it's still going to take time. It's going to take time to build – realistic challengers other than yep. Brock Lesnar for Roman Reigns to actually lose to because that's just you do that with long-term storytelling you build up those characters and they haven't done that so Triple H is going to have to do that like my guess is we're not going to see a potential oh maybe Roman loses here I think until at best Royal Rumble at best yeah you know, yeah. I, I think that's the first time that you can actually build somebody up and you go, oh, they've really been pushing this guy. Maybe it actually happens now. And, you know, that maybe the first time and man, who knows how long that, that you felt that maybe Roman Reigns could actually drop the title. So it, some of these things are going to take time. But tonight was a great step in the, in, in the right direction. So what were your guys' final takeaways for tonight? Because that's mine, is that just the excitement that I have for Monday and Friday 
I haven't felt that way out of a pay-per-view in quite some time in WWE. Well, for me, it's just it's the word for me tonight is anticipation to find out what next, what happens on Raw and SmackDown because of what has been set up. I just love the idea that we saw three heels built in one night with uh, both Bailey, Dakota, and Io. I want to know what that looks like now. If Becky is the babyface aligning herself with uh, Bianca Belair, I think that's really cool. I want to see what happens with Roman Reigns. What does he have to say? Is he coming out too? That's the other question. Like you come out to say that you beat the beast. Okay, what's next? I know that. Um, I know that we've seen McIntyre and uh, and um, we've seen McIntyre as well as uh, Roman Reigns go around the horn. They've wrestled a lot on house shows, so they have been building themselves toward this uh, this live event that's going to happen in September, this castle show. So I know that that might be next, but, I mean, after that, wh- who's Roman going to take on? And so I'm cons- I'm worried about that. I'm also wondering about, like, Brock. Does he just kind of, like, go away now? When does he return? Royal Rumble, next WrestleMania? I, I, don't- I have no idea. But those things that I'm really interested in, they built something really special here. And for those that did not make SummerSlam, I'm sure next SummerSlam they'll have an opportunity. Again, a lot of this stuff was already booked when Vince was in charge. And so now I think Monday really officially starts the beginning of what Triple H really wants for this company. Uh, And so, again, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, for me, the one word that comes to mind is just sort of fun. Like, tonight was fun. Like, in the past, WWE shows have felt like a chore. Like we've talked about these premium live events are essentially house shows. Tonight was fun. And for years when, you know, a lot of the stagnant booking has happened, it's like, all right, well, one day Triple H, one day Triple H is going to take over. And now that he's here, I've sort of like managed expectations. I don't want to get too excited saying, oh, my God, it's finally happening. We're going to get a new WWE era. But it's a hell of a start tonight. Like tonight was fun from the first match all the way through the main event. And it's something I really haven't felt about a full WWE show in a very long time. Yeah, and, yeah. And tonight was tonight was excellent. And you, I just thought of something while you're speaking there, Jay Hood. Is it possible that tonight was the last time we saw Brock Lesnar wrestle in WWE? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out outside of Roman who's a good partner for him, who's a good dancing partner with him. Like I don't I like I'm sure that that Triple H will find someone, but I can't think of someone on the main roster where I think, man, this would be good. Like well, does does does, does Gunter uh, Brock do anything for you? That's a match that we've never seen. Not, not but does it do anything for Brock? Like, does Brock yeah. do anything that's outside of the main event? That's that's what I'm saying. Like, it's been so long that since we've seen Brock Lesnar be in the WWE and he's not wrestling for one of – being around that championship scene, like, when's the last time that happened? I mean, right away when he came back, a, you know, almost a decade ago at this point, when he came back in 2013-14 – and he, was, he wrestled John Cena, it wasn't for the title. When he wrestled The Undertaker at WrestleMania, obviously because he was wrestling Taker, he was still one of the main events and one of the most one of the most talked about things coming out of that WrestleMania. But like this was supposed to be the last match ever between these two. And Roman Reigns isn't dropping the title anytime soon. So I don't I don't see Roman coming or excuse me, I don't see Brock coming back and wrestling the third card or the third match on the card. I, I just yeah, don't I agree with that. that. The one thing I would throw out, like it's Brock goes home for now. We've seen some chats or some comments in the chat saying, you know, Cody wins the rumble. He beats Roman at mania. You yeah. put Brock in the rumble 
And then all of a sudden it's, oh, here we go again. Brock's going to win the Rumble. It's going to be again. And then you add to that Cody pop. Like Cody's number 30. He throws out Brock from the Rumble and just add to his story moving forward. Yeah, we got uh, so we got a couple. That seam that says that you know when Riddle first got to the WWE, he yeah. said that he wanted to retire Brock. Okay, I have no problem with that matchup, but I, sure. I understand. I understand your point, Gabe. It's like okay, it's very rare that you see Brock Lesnar be part of anything WWE if it doesn't have a championship attached to it, right? And so, what's the stakes, right? Does he come back just for a match? Well, maybe in the non-Vince era, that might be that might be the the thing for Brock. Right? It's like, okay, you've had the championship, you have the championship, you go away. You go away for a long time, you come back. You become a special attraction. And so maybe moving forward, he is a special attraction, Matt, kind of like Goldberg in that way, right? I mean, maybe. But see, that's the thing about Triple H. We don't know what he thinks of Brock. Did he think right. he was just this overly expensive guy that would only wrestle a few times a year? Is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze to keep bringing back Brock? Brock I'll tell you this. Brock is the best Brock that we've seen because yes. it's baby face Brock. It's a guy that does his own promos. Okay. He's got a Southern accent. He doesn't need that. He's from Minnesota. That's, <laughs> that's the, that's the Bruce uh, Pritchard sprinkle on him for making him some kind of hillbilly. Cause that's not who he is, whatever. But it's the best Brock that we've seen though. I believe because he's being his authentic self as far as we could tell. Yeah. So, but again, anticipation what's happening what's going to happen next for brock lesnar I'm, I'm not expecting brock to 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 be there monday i'm not expecting him to be there friday but what's next for him going forward well you had something i was just gonna say we got rick flair's last match coming up uh, in That's nashville right. as well it was hinted uh, by michael cole by the way saying that jeff jarrett's gonna have a busy weekend a busy week. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Why don't you give the deets? Tell him you can watch it on fight, Michael. Tell tell him that Jay Lethal's involved. Like, my what? God, man. He can't mention those guys. They they wrestle somewhere else. You know that other it's world. <laughs> we'll review it on Thursday show for sure because it is Rick. So it'll be Rick Flair's last match. And actually, we went through the card. The card's not bad actually. It's yeah. card's pretty good. Some bangers on there. Oh yeah, card's pretty good. I mean, the main events. I'm still a little worried about it, but, you know, hey, we got to watch it. If we got to watch it, we're going to watch it. We're not just going to make Browitch watch it. We're actually going to all yeah, we'll watch make it. sure we watch it so we can review it on Thursday. Uh, again, you can tune in to GKW every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. A big shout-out to ESPN Chicago for allowing us to use their Twitch page. Uh, typically, we're just available on the ESPN uh, 1000 uh, Twitter feed at ESPN 1000, also ESPN Los Angeles, Madison, Milwaukee, New York, and West Palm. So make sure you're checking us out each and every Thursday on one of those mediums. And if you can't catch us live, of course, you can always listen back as a podcast, wherever you get your podcast, just search for GKW. It's a fun night of wrestling, a fun night of SummerSlam. Check us out next Thursday. This is Ben, GKW.